the key to a lot of the practice is accept being I'm a hypocrite, right? right? We're so afraid that people are gonna know that we don't know or that we didn't do what we said or that we're actually just trying to do this. Gratitude has to still be reminded even to myself that it's a practice. The thing that gives us control in our lives is to be accountable for everything. So many people waste so much time, emotion, resources, and energy doing just that. All right, welcome back to the Wits Podcast. Today, we have a very special guest, the one and only David Meltzer, the co-founder of Sports One Marketing and formerly the CEO of the renowned Lee Steinberg Sports and Entertainment Agency, which was the inspiration for the Jerry Maguire movie. He is also a number one best-selling author with two books, Connected to Goodness and Compassionate Capitalism, A Journey to the Soul of Business. His life's mission is to empower over a billion people to be happy. It's a simple yet powerful mission that has led him on an incredible journey to provide one thing, value. In all of his content and his communication, that's exactly what you're gonna receive. And as part of his mission for the last 20 years, he's been providing free weekly trainings to empower others, to empower others to be happy. And you can check out all the information below. I am really excited, David, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me, man. I'm excited to be here. Awesome. So David, um, obviously I've been following you for a while, love what you do. And I, where I really connected with some of the stuff that you do is besides the, the things that you teach around values and ego. Um, was the type of content you put out and more, more than that, what you represent. And, you know, I connected with your brand or with what the work you do because of some of the work that I do. And a lot of the stuff you talk about, things like humility and gratitude and empathy and being of service and giving, I think is a lot of what our brand represents as a training and coaching company. Um, and we have a line, making humans better humans. And as we started to put that stuff out there, I started to come across yours and I thought there was nothing better then to have an opportunity to talk to you and share some of your experience, maybe a lifetime of experience in, in, in a few moments with our audience about what they can do to be successful. I think the world currently right now is in, is in an upside down place. Uh, we're in a place of rebirth and rebuilding and opportunity and innovation, and it's going to require things like resilience and grit and a lot of, a lot of effort and, you know, uh, work to, 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 build something and again your story is a story of rebuilding so with that being said i just wanted to pick your brain and shoot the shit with you for a little bit and see what you had to uh, share with us sounds great to me awesome awesome so david why don't we begin with this um i love your whole piece on values and and just for the audience you know i know you talk a lot about uh things like radical humility and that that's that's a, a huge piece of what allowed you to be successful but why don't you talk to us about what those four values are that you talk a lot about sure the first one's gratitude and it's so ironic to me that you know gratitude has to still be reminded even to myself that it's a practice and gratitude basically gives us perspective it allows us to see the light, the love, and the lessons and everything that we're doing. Uh, you can say thank you. We've been taught to say thank you even before preschool. So forget the book that says, you know, everything I learned, I learned in kindergarten. Mm -hmm. Even before kindergarten, gratitude was taught to us. But yet, for some reason, we have to be reminded to say thank you, to see the glass half full, to look for the light, the love, and the lessons and everything. The second value is forgiveness. And I always say forgiveness is uh, the means by which we can unwind the untruths in our lives. And uh, it's a powerful statement. We only have to forgive one person 
that's ourselves so that we can give forgiveness to others. We never forgive someone else because they deserve it. It's actually because we deserve the peace, the neutrality, right. to be in the flow, the realization that we are all connected to each other and that we're going to live and learn and, and make mistakes and, and live those lessons. The third is accountability, which gives us control of our lives. You know, most people feel insecure and it leads to the fourth uh, value of mine because they feel that they have no control in their lives. The thing that gives us control in our lives is to be accountable for everything. What did I do to attract this to myself? What am I supposed to learn from it? And those are truly the key components of understanding the difference between accountability, liability, and responsibility. Liability and responsibility deal with damages and blame, where accountability, it really deals with control. And then finally, inspiration or effective communication is the major shift in the paradigm in my life. It's the one that says, not only am I connected to everything and everyone, but I'm also connected to the greatest source of power, light, love, and lessons at all time. And I need to allow that to come through me for others. And that's really the crux of the four values. Gratitude gives us perspective, forgiveness gives us peace, accountability gives us control, and effective communication allows us to be in spirit or inspired Very to live cool. in the world of more than enough. Very cool. I talk a lot about self-awareness and I talk a lot about the, the, the difficult true self-awareness takes, which is responsibility and accountability, is really leaning into our, our uh, not just lessons lived, but where we've maybe screwed up or contributed, or I think as you've maybe shared and I've heard you talk about in the past, what you've attracted to you and, and, and why you need to take responsibility for that. Um, talk to me a little bit about ego. I know you, I know ego is a big, big thing for you. Yeah. So ego edges goodness out of our life. Ego is the idea that, you know, we create the corrosion, the interference between us and everything else that we're connected to. And so I have a practice of ending fear and it's uh, one of being a ferocious Buddha, one being ferocious enough to be aware of and stop when we're in ego-based consciousness, a consciousness that accelerates us in the wrong direction, that creates void shortages and obstacles to what we want, uh, but then also to be a Buddha, to live and drop down to center into neutrality. And so I'm in a constant practice of ending fear, of understanding my needs uh, that are created by the ego. The need to be right is one that I have, the need to be offended the need to be separate, inferior, superior, anxious, frustrated, angry, guilty, uh, you know, scared, all of these different things that I've wasted time, emotion, energy, and resources on in moving in the wrong trajectory. So ego is a huge component. The ego-based consciousness is a huge study and the practice of ending fear is a journey that I'll never, uh, ne never stop fighting. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think it's really, uh, I love the fact that you keep using the word practice. Uh, I think that's the most important thing that we could do as people is just keep practicing and practicing and practicing and practicing, right? But how hard is it, do you think, for, call it the average person or, or, or people in general, to start to let go of some of that ego or, or, or understand where it is limiting them? You know, I talk about and help people with that practice by saying, look, let's take in context that most people spend years in ego-based consciousness with no enlightenment and no awareness. And if you can just move it to months and then to weeks and then to days and then to hours and then minutes and then moments, yeah. the interesting thing is, is that all of these practices that we talk about, gratitude, empathy, accountability, effective communication, the practice of ending fear, taking inventory of your values, doing it now, studying your calendar, all the things that I live by, I still 
as much as I know them, will forget. And not only forget, but I'll find myself moving in the wrong trajectory. And my challenge or my practice is, how quickly can I get back to center? How can I find that neutrality? Where is my baseline? How can I continue on the consistent, everyday, persistent, without quit pursuit of my own potential? How can I forgive myself for the mistakes? And most importantly, I think, you know, the key to a lot of the practice is accept being I'm a hypocrite, right? right? We're so afraid that people are going to know that we don't know or that we didn't do what we said or that we're actually just trying to do this. You know, it would almost be like, you know, when you're five years old, just starting to play baseball and you had to forgive or say sorry for striking out right. where because literally that's not the way it works but yet we think when it comes to the ego and the practice of ego and the practice of these things that somehow it's different than striking out you don't apologize for striking out not if you did your best you're having fun and you're learning something right if you're doing those three things there's no apology for making a mistake or being a hypocrite or learning or growing or accelerating or changing your mind. But yet so many people waste so much time, emotion, resources, and energy doing just that. Yeah. No kidding. No kidding. I love the fact that we are hypocrites, all of us. And not that we intend to be, but I think in our best effort to move forward, we slip back to old habits. We fall back to our patterns. Unfortunately, our parents screwed us up and that's going to take a lifetime to, in some cases, unlearn and, and, and create those new neurological connections. But again, it's about, I think, catching yourself in the moment. So how do you think, uh, or how important is consciousness to, to, to help manage the ego and live yeah, these I values? I think individual consciousness is important, but also there's a collective consciousness. And so understanding what I call the conscious continuum helps to understand how difficult it is to create or shift our energy or our frequency. Meaning that one, we have a conscious, what we think, say, do, and believe, but we also have a subconscious uh, with the neural pathways that are formed from the behavior that we have. At a minimum, every 21 days, if we do something consistently, it'll start to formulate, determine upon one thing, are unconscious. So, you know, some people would say, well, why, if it, it takes 21 days to create a neural pathway, you know, why can't I quit smoking in 21 days? Why can some people quit smoking in one day? Well, because we all are built with a hard drive. We have our own quantum memory. We have uh, a, a thing that may take lifetimes, if not generations, in order to effectuate a new frequency to break the chain. And so the more conscious we are about what exists in the 40,000 of the same thoughts we have in our subconscious or in our unconscious conscious uh, our unconscious competency yeah. our dna how we can through the epigenetic layer activate what we want from our hard drive all of these things are so multivariable and so complex that people get frustrated stuck and continue to act in the same way and Although they're anticipating different things, they end up feeling stuck or with the same exact things coming into their lives. Yeah. I think you call it zero, zeroing out. Is that what you call it? Yeah. Right? Out. Talk, talk to us a little bit about what zeroing out is. Yeah. Well, I believe in acceleration and exponential growth and that, you know, if you do something two minutes a day, it's worth more than two hours on a Saturday. Right. And the best example of zeroing out would be dieting, where people, they'll adhere to a diet day one, two, three, four, five, and then maybe go get uh, In-N-Out burgers for day six. Well, they were getting exponential results, and they, you know, their senses couldn't be aware of it. So then they zero themselves out. So X to the first, second, third, fourth, fifth, X to the zero is one. Well, at the end of the month, they feel as if they've dieted the entire month. 
even though they really only died in 28 of the 31 days, they zeroed themselves out. So when they step on a scale at the end of the month, although in their perception of their senses and their memory, they think they've dieted and worked so hard, they can't understand why they lost no weight or gained weight or lost a little bit of weight. Mm -hmm. If they would have just stuck to it every single day without zeroing out, they would have gotten the exponentiality and seen the results and gotten the results that they were looking for. Yeah. So, I mean, do you think perceptions kick into that? I mean, people's perceptions, like how the positive and negative. Yeah, it's the math perception. Let me explain. I have a lily pond example uh, that is so classic. So if a, a lily, one little lily pad, if it doubles in its size every year, mm -hmm. and it was in a pond that it would take 30 years to completely cover the entire pond, and I asked most people, when would the pond be covered halfway? Most people would say in 15 years. Mm -hmm. And the truth is, that's not true. If a lily doubles every year, it would be year 29 out of 30 that it's halfway covered. And it would take that last year to, to double and become completely full. So what happens is when most people get before a quarter of the way there, that in this example would be 27 years, mm -hmm. they quit 28 years. I'm sorry, they quit. So 99% yeah. of the people quit before they get to a quarter of the way there because their senses are too weak to pick up their perception is off and their memories are too weak to know that they're growing. It's kind of like a kid. You don't see them growing if they're living with you and then you go buy them shoes three weeks later and it's a whole different right. size. And you're like, wait, I didn't see them grow. That's what happens. And even worse, most people, the 99%, 99% of the 1% quit even after 50%. And they're right. almost there. They've lasted 29 of the 30 years in right. analogous behavior and they're almost there. That's why people shouldn't quit. They should enjoy the consistent, mm -hmm. everyday, persistent pursuit of their own potential. Yes, Seth Godin talks about, he wrote a book called The Dip, which was all about the difference between when you quit in the dip versus after the dip and the ones that quit in the dip never see the success. It's you gotta push through the dip to, to hit that journey, right? And I think you hear this all the time, like, you know, no one's made it without failing. Uh, you know, as an author, how many times you've been rejected, how many times an idea got pushed back, a, a, you know, how many business failures people went through. And, and I think it's the, having that perspective, which is, to your point, people are in a rush. They have a, they have a, a, a preconceived time uh, notion in their head, which is it should take this long. It should have taken me 10 tries. Right? But uh, I've heard you say this in a number of different examples, which is, you know, if I told you it was going to take you 50 times, you knew that before you started, how happy would you be when you're like 37 or 38 or 39, right? Fuck, I mean, that would be amazing. But you don't have that. You don't have that knowledge, right? Very cool. So um, there's a couple more things I want to ask you. Uh, I talk a lot about asking for what you want. You talk about asking for, uh, for, for something big. Um, and I also know you've done some work with um, um, the board for, around the secret law of attraction and stuff like that. But you talk a lot about the fact that just, you know, thinking about it and asking for it isn't enough, but that's part of it. So talk, talk to me about that. Walk us through that. Yeah. Well, first the law of attraction is misunderstood. It's not just a matter of putting your attention into something. You have to add the intention and intention is the aggregate of what you think, say, do, do, and believe and the unconscious competencies that you have, meaning your own personality traits, characteristics, obsessions, and addictions. And when you aggregate all of those, you have not only the law of attraction creating a frequency for yourself, but you have the law of Goya. Uh, John Asaroff taught me 
get off your ass. And we have to take action in order to create a reaction. Nothing happens until it moves from the greatest scientists of all times will tell you, including Einstein, that nothing happens until it moves. I believe you get one action in the day, everything else is a reaction to that. Most yep. people think that they can sit at home high on their mom's couch, sick and broke, dream about having a Ferrari. I believe you have to aggregate not only what you think, but what you say, do believe in all of the other unconscious competencies in order to effectuate a frequency that then attracts what you want. And so there is the variable of attraction, but it doesn't happen without you putting attention plus intention, and that will equal the coincidences uh, that you want. I believe it's a mathematical equation. That's why I study, which studying means attention plus intention. What I have planned during the day, what I don't have planned during the day in my sleep, I call it studying my calendar, which is one of the best practices that I have in order to effectuate the coincidences that I want. Yeah, very cool. Action creates the path. Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. Okay. Um, what got me to reach out to you actually was the, the post that you put around making a phone call that you said, if you could pick up the phone and make a phone call, you could be successful. And where it resonated with me was that's how I started. I started like making phone calls and it was a, it was a, a game of persistence and resilience of just, you got to keep doing and developing those communication skills, being able to, 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 you know, connect with someone. So we're living in 2020, people don't pick up the phone anymore, right? But I think the rule applies, which is, you know, reach out, take action, make that call, make that connection. But why, it, why, it, uh, why is it that if you can make a phone call, right, if you have phone skills, you'll be successful? Create that link for us. Yeah, sure. So under the context, you don't get unless you ask. The telephone has a frequency to it, a vibration of your voice. And what's interesting about the telephone is that, you know, 80% of the people that receive phone calls don't answer. And so the key to me to making telephone calls is learning how to get people to call you back. Uh, I joke around and say, unless it's your mother-in-law, then you want to use the telephone and learn how to not get her to call you back. Right. Uh, but in the majority <laughs> of the time, you know, think, of, think about the difficulty. If 80% of the calls aren't answered uh, and people don't get back to you, imagine if you could resolve that issue how many less phone calls you would need to make or the statistical success you would have if you made the equivalent amount of calls. And so for me, the telephone, the voice aspect of the telephone is the most underutilized powerful way of sharing a vision, which is articulating value in sales. In other words, articulating value in order to come up with a logical conclusion of can you see any reason you won't want to move forward. And so I've broken down into five different steps how to use a telephone effectively to number one, stimulate interest, two, transition interest, three, share a vision, four, manage and develop a vision, so then your business thrives by that person empowering other people to buy, sell your solution, service, or whatever it else your effectuated vision might be. Your voice is your greatest, mu or the greatest musical instrument. Yeah, well, because it's, it's a true sign of vibration, right? Everything vibrates, we can only be aware that's what vibrates equal to or less than us. So we can actually elevate others' awareness via our voice, and we also can move them emotionally. So number one, with your voice, you can talk and be more credible than you can be in any other way. 
Two, you can emotionally have people moved by what you're doing, people bound emotion for logical reasons. And then it also allows you to be more effective in quantifying the reasons, impacts, and capabilities of why someone should do what you want them to do. So on all five of those aspects, your voice is a powerful, powerful tool that is most underutilized. Right. Awesome. David, I know we're running out of time. So just to close this out, um, um, you, you offer free training every week. Um, it's really in regard to giving back to the world, uh, giving and service. I think your, your, your goal is to, to make a billion people happy. Tell us a little bit about uh, the training that you offer and where people can find you. Yeah, sure. Every Friday I have training at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern. This week's on networking, for example. It's pragmatic and it's kind of a think and grow rich type of combination or blend. Uh, but it's always free. Uh, the replays are on my podcast, the playbook, the replays are online on YouTube, but it's there to help people empower not only themselves on how to be happy. And that happiness involves making a lot of money, helping a lot of people and having a lot of fun. I do believe money's important. I don't think we, it buys you happiness, but it'll allow you to shop. And if you right. shop for things, you'll be happy. So come to the training on Friday, learn about that philosophy of happiness and share it with others. It's completely free. And you can find me, you can email me directly, david at dmeltzer.com, dmeltzer.com, or even text me, 949-298-2905. That's amazing. David, you are absolutely everything that you represent, everything that people see in your social and your content, I think is true. I love the work you do. I love the teachings and the coachings that you offer. You are literally uh, uh, representing the training and the coaching world. So thank you for, for doing what you do. And today was awesome. Really appreciate the time. And for the rest of the audience, this is true. Ask for what you want. I reached out to you and said, hey, can we talk? And you said, yeah. It's amazing. Absolutely. All right, David. Amazing. David, thank you so much. And uh, we will uh, make sure that we've got all your information posted for everyone to uh, come check you out. Thank you. Take care. Be well. You too. Thanks for the time. I'll talk to you soon. And Greg Witz, thanks so much for coming and checking out the video. If you like that video, you're going to love the next one. So I'd highly suggest that you click this video over here. And don't forget to subscribe and share.